we're, one of the things that we see, and this is, you know, becoming more and more, um, the world is becoming a smaller place. And you can see both the darkness and the light uh, from all aspects of our culture and across the world. And the greater the darkness, also the more prominent and recognizable the light becomes. And I didn't know that one out of every four uh, women are, that are trafficked are Filipino. And it's, it's amazing to have a ministry that directly impacts that, that represents the kingdom of God. Um, and, you know, with Jared uh, in, the, in Ukraine and uh, making it back to his family and what we've seen in supporting that church there, uh, we can see that just a small church here in Hawaii, small church here on Maui, can make an impact across the world in Ukraine or in Philippines and different, different places. And so uh, we live in a really special time where there are greater needs, but there's also a great answer. And that answer is the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And um, we're one of the amazing things that happened this past week. I don't know if you guys saw um, uh, the news story of the McClouds. Uh, and Chris was a, a member of my small group. And um, and Gabriel had jumped into that small group the, the week before uh, Chris passed away from the drunken dr drunk driver hit and run uh, just a week ago. Uh, but Catherine, his wife, um, was interviewed by Hawaii News. And, um, and she used that platform to share her faith in Christ. And it was so powerful and, and gut-wrenching. But at the same time, it was a light that was shown because she said she shared her faith in Christ and even through this tragedy that she, she kept saying the name of Jesus over and over again and, and her, uh, Chris's brother was on there and he, he made the statement, he said, God has called us to forgive. And then she came on and she said, God's called me to be an example to my kids and I want to model forgiveness to my children. And to see darkness, as dark as, as uh, a life taken prematurely by a drunken driver, and the wife to come on TV and say, God's called me to forgive. It's an amazing testament to the power of the kingdom of God that abides in every single one of our lives. And no matter how dark the darkness is, God's called us to be a light in that darkness, and it, it makes a, a greater impact. It, it provides us... a. a the, the power of the kingdom is so much greater when it's, when it's compared uh, to the darkness of the world. Amen? Um, my name is John. <laughs> I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. And uh, we're jumping into a new series called Unshakable. And the reason why we're going into this series on Unshakable is we're seeing a lot of things get shaken. How many of you remember 2018? Uh, 2018 was a very interesting year in Hawaii where we had hurricanes, tornado, not tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, tsunamis, earthquakes, and then a missile scare. How many of you remember the missile scare? Do you remember where you were when you got the text message that we were getting attacked by missiles? I remember exactly where I was. I was at home, and all of our phones went off at the same time, and it said that missiles are approaching home take cover. So the first thing that I did is I called um, one of the policemen at, uh, at, at uh, the police station. I, 
I called Clyde, and I was like, hey, Clyde, is this for real? And he says, everything that I know, this thing is for real. And I said, what should we do? And he goes, there's nothing that you can do. <laughs> just sit and pray. And I don't know what I was thinking. I just grabbed my gun, and I, 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 uh, I, I got my kids, and we all sat down in the basement of our house, and I'm like, what is a gun going to do? Like, am I going to shoot the missile or something? It's so stupid. Um, but... But there's people calling me, like uh, different ones from the church, and saying, hey, can we use the church as a bomb shelter? I'm like, good luck with that. It's like there's no cement. It's all wood. It's a nice place to die, but, but it's, it's, it won't do very good as a bomb shelter. Anyway, the scripture for that year, 2018, came from Hebrews 12 that God is going to shake everything that can be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And 2018 preceded a little bit more shaking in 2019 all the way till now. How many would agree that there's just a, a little bit more shaking going on? And, and the whole purpose of that is God is shaking things so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. But that's not the end of the promise. In Hebrews 12, 28, and let's read this scripture together. Hebrews 12, 28, at the count of three, one, two, three. Therefore... Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. One of the things as a parent, my kids, a lot of times, they have something that I think is less than what I want to give them. Most, uh, I think, mothers can, can identify with this when your, your kid wants to eat ice cream before dinner. And you say, no, you can't have ice cream. I'm going to take that ice cream away because I have something better for you. And in the kingdom of God, he shakes things that are, set, that are not as good because he wants to give you something. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, God wants to give an unshakable kingdom to his people. But a lot of times the thing that keeps us from receiving this unshakable kingdom is we're holding on so tightly to the things that can be shaken. And so I, I feel that the, that the discomfort and the stress and the worry and the doubt and the fear that, that I have been feeling for the past couple of years are indications of the things that I'm holding on to that are shakable. How many of you would agree with that? Everything in this world will one day pass away. And, and God, in his love and his mercy and his wisdom, he shakes those things that are temporal so that his people will shift their weight to something that is eternal. Um, I, when I, several years ago, I was doing my wife a favor, and uh, she wanted me to cut down this tree, not the whole thing, but she wanted me to trim the branches of this tree in her backyard because it was obstructing her view of the island. And so she asked me to go into this tree and to, you know, chop down their branches and stuff. I've never done that before. I'm not that kind of person. But <laughs> so I bought a chainsaw and I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this chainsaw and I'm going to go and chop down some branches. And the, the, the tree was very full. It's not like one of those, you know, like branches here. It, I mean, it's like this huge tree, branches everywhere. And so I'm in there with a the chainsaw and I'm like, you know, going to town and like looking at like where it's obstructing her view and I'm like cutting branches here and there. And, and there was one part uh, of, while I was doing this chore, 
that I'm like cutting branches like around me and I'm like walking, you know, like throughout the tree and I'm like cutting a branch here, cutting a branch there. And I inadvertently started cutting through this one branch and halfway through cutting through the branch, I realized that I was stepping on the wrong side of it. And, and I could feel the branch kind of like bending and I, and I, and it, I don't know why, but instinctively, instead of stepping off of that branch, I cut through it completely, thinking maybe that would save me. And I, I cut through the branch completely and then proceeded to fall out of the tree. And there was a, like a whole bunch of branches underneath the tree that I ended up falling on with the chainsaw running in my hand. And I, I remember I fell down and I had the chainsaw. And so, I'm looking at the chainsaw and thinking, oh, that's good that I didn't cut myself. <laughs> And I, I, was, I was fine, and my wife didn't appreciate my, um, my chore for her as much as she should have, risking my life cutting this tree down. But one of the things that just stuck out in that whole experience was I didn't know why I didn't jump off the falling branch. I was like, that was so dumb. Like, why didn't I just, like, move my foot and then cut that branch out instead of, like, you know, cutting through it more. And um, it was kind of like I had a, a vision of like wildly coyote, you know, plummeting down. And, um, and I, I feel that the smart thing to do is when something starts giving way, you, you get off of it. You shift your weight to something that's a little bit more stable. And so many of us are guilty that when these things start shaking in our lives, whether it's the economy or government or things that we put our hope in and those things begin to shake, instead of shifting onto something that's eternal, we grab on more tightly to the thing that's being shaken. And I feel like there's like this, this um, peaceful voice of the Spirit that's encouraging us to let go of the things that are shaking and to hold on to the things that are unshakable. And I believe this scripture that says everything, everyone say everything. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So we are seeing stuff in Ukraine, we're seeing stuff in Myanmar, we're seeing stuff in Philippines, we're seeing stuff in China, like, I don't know if you've been watching what's happening in Shanghai. Um, we're seeing stuff in our own economy and inflation. If you keep track of the markets, tomorrow's going to be a pretty interesting day. Um, inflation is going crazy. And in all of these things, there's a shaking that's going on. But I believe that everything is being shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. Because God wants to give to his kids an unshakable kingdom. Luke says, do not worry, it's God's desire to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you an unshakable kingdom. So the next several months, we want to talk about shifting our weight, shifting our weight from the things that are shaking and shakable to the things that are unshakable in our lives. And in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus, he gave the famous Sermon on the Mount. And the, co the context of 5, 6, and 7 is Jesus saw the multitudes. He went up into a mountain, and he shared 
the principles of the kingdom in three chapters, and they've been embedded throughout church culture. We know them as the Sermon on the Mount, but the Sermon on the Mount is made up of three different chapters, which we'll be going through, and it explains the context of the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God, an unshakable kingdom, looks like. And if it's true that God wants to give us this unshakable kingdom, it would help us to know what that kingdom looks like. What are the characteristics of this kingdom? Um, it's interesting that if you read through the Gospels, we know Jesus as a Savior. How many of you know Jesus as a Savior, that Jesus came, he died to forgive your sins so that you can go to heaven? How many have heard, heard that? How many are glad that you're going to go to heaven? How does that affect your living here on earth? I mean, it does. But when Jesus was on earth and he was teaching, if you read through the Gospels, the majority of the scripture that he talked about, majority of the things he talked about wasn't about him forgiving people's sins so that they could go to heaven. He talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about a kingdom that was not of this world, that was coming to earth, and that, that was making its way on earth, and, and it would, Jesus came as a peaceful ambassador, peace and goodwill toward men. He came as the first peaceful ambassador of the kingdom of heaven to explain the kingdom of heaven that would one day become the kingdom of the world. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. And that was the gospel that Jesus Christ came to share. Uh, let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. And this gospel of the kingdom, not of salvation, not of heaven, not of forgiveness of sin, although that's a part of it, but it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. God wants to give us a kingdom. We are inheritors of a kingdom. He is the king of this kingdom, and it doesn't operate by the same rules of this world. It's completely different, and it's your privilege and my privilege to inherit that. It's amazing to see Jarrett being an ambassador for the kingdom in Ukraine. It's amazing to see Michelle being an ambassador of the kingdom in Philippines in some of the darkest places. It's, it's amazing to see Solomon, one of the missionaries that we support, be an ambassador of the kingdom in Myanmar, where the government is killing its own citizens, that we have ambassadors even in our own, in our own communities that are ambassadors of the kingdom like Catherine when her husband passes away from a drunk driver. But what does the kingdom look like? So in the next three weeks, this message is just going to give kind of like a context of what to look forward to in the next several weeks. But the kingdom of God is described in chapter 5, 6, and 7 as an inside-out, upside-down, unshakable kingdom. Sounds like a song, yeah? Inside-out, upside-down, unshakable kingdom. Everyone say inside-out. The kingdom of God is inside out. It doesn't operate from the outside in. How many appreciate the fact that when you pray for peace in your life, that God doesn't make everything peaceful? When your boss is like criticizing you at work and you pray for peace, God doesn't shut your boss up. If, if you're, you and your spouse are getting in a fight and you're like, God, change her. How do you know God's kingdom doesn't change her? It's, it operates inside out. It changes you first, right? So the kingdom is inside out. That means if we want peace, 
God gives us peace inside first, and then that peace makes its way outside. So how many of you know that there's peace that's needed in our community, peace that's needed in our marriage, peace that's needed in our workplace? And we're the ambassadors of that, and it works from the inside out. That's chapter 5. Chapter 6 is upside down. It's the kingdom first. Um, let's, let's read uh, this scripture together. Uh, you know what? We're going to jump into that. So uh, upside down. God wants us to put the values of the kingdom, store up treasures in heaven before earth. Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added. It's an upside-down kingdom. And then the last thing is it's an unshakable kingdom, that there's an eternal foundation. So the first thing, that it's inside out, hearts change. Let's read the scripture at the count of three. One, two, three. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So the, the way into the kingdom of heaven is not through the outside, it's through the inside. Um, right now in our culture, there's a lot of virtual sig virtue signaling. Everybody wants to be on the right side of morality. Everybody wants to make the right decision so that everybody looks at them as a good person. Would you agree? Not agree? Especially in this whole thing with COVID that we're coming out of. Um, but my... My view, and I, I believe what God has taught me, and hopefully has taught some of you during this season of COVID, the past two years, is not everything that you see on the outside is an indication of what's happening inside. You know, I, I remember I was in the line of Costco, and, there, and it was right after the first lockdown, and there was this guy in front of me, and he was hoarding. He had like stacks of toilet paper and all this water. How many of you remember that? people hoarding all the toiletries and everything. And he had one of those, it wasn't like a regular shopping cart, it was one of those push carts. And he had it stacked to the, you know, like just stacked. And I remember thinking like, this guy, so selfish. I just wanna like tell him off because everybody needs toilet paper. But I'm gonna use baby wipes, like I need toilet paper. Well, I guess baby wipes are okay, but too much information. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Don't put baby oats in the toilet. Um, so I'm behind this guy in Costco, and then I'm thinking into my, in my mind, man, I hope that when he gets to the front, that the person at the front lets him know that there's a limit per customer. Because this isn't right. Everybody needs toilet paper. Everybody needs water. You know, we get to the front, and then the, the lady says, excuse me, but, you know, there's a limit for this, and, and, you know, you can't be taking this much toilet paper. And he goes, well... I'm actually from Hana, and my community, like, they couldn't all come and get, so I'm getting for all of my neighbors, and it's, it's for, for my, my friends in Hana. And I felt so bad that I was, like, thinking this guy was this selfish jerk, when in actuality, he was, like, caring for his community. And I, I remember there was this other time in my small group, one of the guys, I don't know who, who, who it was, but they, they, they told me that uh, it was either them or one of their friends that were in, t why does this all happen in like checkout lines? But they were, they were getting a plate lunch or something at TJ's, and when they got to the front, the lady asked him to put his mask on, and he's like, I'm vaccinated, I don't have COVID, why are you like giving me heat about wearing a mask, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the lady said, oh, you know, my, my husband just passed away from COVID. And he said like he just picked his stuff up and just like walked out, like felt like the worst person ever, because you just don't know what is going on. 
And one of the first things about the kingdom is like the righteousness on the outside makes no difference. It's all about what God is doing inside our hearts. And so the kingdom of God operates inside. The second thing is it's upside down. Let's read this scripture at the count of three. One, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Uh, Most people prioritize just the things on earth. But in Matthew 6, Jesus called his disciples to focus on heaven. And he taught that if we focus on heavenly things, that in turn it would affect the earthly things. God encourages us to store up treasure in heaven and to think long term. Um, my, my daughter, from the time that she was uh, eighth grade, I taught her how to invest and how to save her money. And so she has, you know, a, a nice, sizable investment, whatever. And I would always tell her, this is not for spending. This is for your future. And so don't take anything out of this. I want you to, to, to save this. You know, so, so from the time she was eighth grade, she saved, 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 saved. Now she's a freshman in college. And it's grown and grown to where it's like, you know, making its own money. And I look at how much money she's making, and I'm thinking like, wow, she's richer than me. And, and I, I, this past week, I got in a fight with her because I, during spring break, she said that she spent all her money because the cafeteria was closed. She spent her own money on food. And she tallied up how much she spent on food and gave me the invoice. And she said, can you please reimburse me for my $63.12 of food? And I was like, you have all your own money. Why don't you spend your own money? And she said, you said it's for my future. And I'm like, this is your future. Just spend your own money. And so I I ended up having to Venmo her for, for her food. But I noticed in my own life that my long-term thinking a lot of times stops in this life. And, and even though I'm a Christian, even though I believe, a lot of my focus is on what happens in, in this world. And the challenge for me that God is putting out for me, and I think all of us, is how much do we really treasure the eternal? Jesus says to store up your treasure in heaven where thieves cannot steal and moths cannot corrupt. There's, there's a different kingdom that God wants to give to us, and where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And, and if our treasure just wrapped up in this world and what the market's doing and what my crypto is doing and what, you know, my house remodel or whatever, then my heart is not in a place where it can receive the eternal things of what God wants to give me. And so, so, it's an upside-down kingdom. It's not thinking just for the long term in this life, but it's having a heavenly perspective of what is eternal. Amen? And then the last thing, it's unshakable. And this is in chapter 7 where Jesus talks about the judgment, that we're all going to give an account for the time, talent, treasure that he's given to us. And so much time we, we use our time, our talent, treasure just to, to, to make this life good and to, to, to see this life get better, but God is stretching that and saying, I'm shaking stuff. I'm shaking economies. I'm shaking governments. I'm shaking your comfort because I have something eternal that I want to give you. Are you willing to shift your weight from the things that are shaking 
to the things that are unshakable. Um, let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the winds descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall for it was founded on a rock. Now, Jesus said this at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. He did two chapters of talking about an inside-out, upside-down kingdom. And then the last chapter, he says, now, if you go back and you understand and do the things that I've taught in chapter 5 and chapter 6, your life will be unshakable. You'll be the recipient of a kingdom that is eternal and that is unaffected by everything that happens in this world. In essence, he's saying, I want you to take my words in five and six, and I want you to apply them to your life. I want you to shift your weight from that branch that's being cut off. I want you to shift your weight onto a branch that will never be broken so that your life will be unshakable and you'll have fruit that remains. And there's, there's a challenge, I believe, that the Spirit is giving all of us, no matter where we are in our walk with the Lord, no matter where, how mature we are in faith, there's always more that God wants us to focus on. There's, there's always more priority that we can give the kingdom in our lives. One of the things that Jesus uh, finished his Sermon on the Mount describing that we'll all be judged on the final day. And, and when I say judge, he doesn't judge us in anger or judgment, but he's just going to, it's like final exam time. Like he, we're going to see everything that he's given to us and given account for what we did with them for his glory. Um, I, look at, I look at the way different ones in our church have responded to crisis in the past two years, and I'm, I'm moved. I, I ha I'm challenged by how people have responded to tragedy. And it, anyone can serve God and praise the Lord and, and sing his praises when everything's going right. It's completely another thing to serve God and love God. Can we have the worship team come up? Love God when there's shaking that's going on. And my hope is that by the end of this series, that as we go through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that we'll understand principles of this kingdom, principles of an unshakable kingdom that God wants to give to us, and that will make the decision to start shifting our weight. It's not going to happen overnight. We, we had a, um, we've been doing this house remodel and been in a construction zone since January of this year, and there's dust everywhere, and I hate it. First service, I was just sneezing and sneezing because of all this dust that I've been breathing. There's scaffolding in my living room and whatever. And there's a discomfort and a stress when the old is being taken away. And when the old is being taken away, it's funny, I was talking to, uh, I was, Alexis FaceTimed us yesterday, and she's talking to my youngest son, Asen, and she's like, do you like the house? And he's like, no. And she's like, but you're getting, like, you're, it's, it's, it's supposed to be nice. And he said, not yet. 
And he goes, it's not done yet. And I just started laughing. And I was thinking, that's so true in our lives. When God wants to give us something new, when he wants to give us something unshakable, a lot of times he takes away the stuff that we're used to. He, he takes away the things that we're comfortable with. And, and when he takes those things away, you know, and it, it can be as small as like, you know, your income or as huge as like a spouse. But when God takes those things away, the greatest challenge is to keep your trust that he is good. If you can keep that trust that he's working all things out for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, if you can keep that faith and that trust in your father, then the remodel is just a matter of time. You can live through the discomfort. You can live through the pain. You can live through the suffering knowing that the end is much, much better than the beginning. And, and, and even if it is, that you, you have to wait till eternity to see it. There's a hope that we have that our God is good and he's working all things out together for our good. Amen. We want to close out this morning by declaring the goodness of God. Last week, we closed out with this song. I thought it was amazing. It's one of the songs that has been um, touching my heart the most in, in the past several weeks. And um, I want to invite you guys to, to stand and sing this with us. Lord, we just thank you that you are our good God. And Lord, even though there's, there's things that we don't understand and pain that, uh, that enters our lives, uh, God, you, you are shaking things and you're going to continue to shake things because you want to give us something that is completely unshakable. Help us, Lord, to give us the grace to not hold on to those things that are being shaken, but to shift our weight, Lord, to the things that you, the new things that you are giving to us. Give us the grace to trust you and to declare, even in our questions and our doubts, that you are good. We ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, help us, even though we are in this world, you pray that we would be in this world, but not of it. Help us, God, to see from your perspective and to to live our lives in a way that represent your kingdom well. God, we thank you that you're going to speak to us in these next weeks, God, ex exactly what you would have us to do to, to walk in this kingdom that is unshakable, in a world that is, that is shaking. And God, that you'd help us to bring other people closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. You can have a seat. Uh, we have a video uh, that I want to show you. It was, it's of the baptism that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, context of this baptism, there's four people that got baptized, but two of these kids that you're going to see uh, get baptized uh, are Malie and um, Kala'i Vickers, and they're the daughter and the son of, uh, of Craig Vickers, who was killed in the Afghan war. And I remember the first... Uh, when Craig Vickers was killed, watching, uh, watching, doing the funeral for him at the Mac Center, and watching Nani and the kids there, and just wondering, is this family going to make it? Like, how, how tragic this is that this was his last mission, and, and having so much doubt and, and fear of their future, 
and then to watch how Nani has walked her faith out through these years, how God has been faithful in providing, and then watching their kids get baptized and give their lives to Christ in their own way. It's not because they were forced or anything, but they've seen the goodness of God even in tragedy, and it's such a powerful thing, but here's the video. I wanted to get baptized earlier this year. That's when like, I felt like I should get baptized, if that makes sense. It was because of this whole situation that I was in where I really felt like God used me. Are you broken? I was like, a, I don't know, like an advocate, or if that makes sense, for God, and in, like, in the situation that I was in. And it just wanted, like, it made me feel like that I wanted to get baptized after that situation, so. Yes, yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> I was introduced to Christ when I was young, and I did get baptized when I was young, but I didn't really know the whole reason why I was getting baptized. And now I see God working in my life, and I think it's, it's my time to start serving Him. Today I want to be baptized because when I was younger, I didn't remember the last time when I was baptized. And I want to get baptized today so I can remember um, in the future and I can tell my future grandchildren where I got baptized and I can spread the gospel. Are you I've really been seeing God a lot in my life, and I know He's always going to be there with me, and I want to get to be closer with Him. There's no rejecting Him when it's, you see it so strong, you know what I mean? So I think it's my turn to start giving back to Him. Aloha, my name is Leilani, and uh, just have a few announcements before we wrap up. Thank you to those online that are watching. 
Uh, just wanted to mention that we are launching our Spring Connect groups. 